0: Smackdown on Friday nights Here to see the fights The type hits to make it go wild It's bow. I said a Smackdown Oh yeah And we on Fox now D-Wall at uh, Smackdown uh, On Friday night on Fox uh, Emanated from Las Vegas, Nevada last night Real good show uh, For the most part It was uh you know a lot of spaghetti thrown at the wall with some of the planning I wasn't upset with um, how it flowed with the execs and the war rooms respectively from each network um, they went hard for the presentation The only thing I would really say about the overall draft would be um, I mean it was great to see Stephanie most definitely I would have just liked to see a couple of more reactions from like the old school drafts. Like, you know, and and I mean, having even more of a response from just the interviews from the backstage interviewers like, oh, yeah, I'm just glad to go to Raw and I'm going to take on all comers. Like, we don't need that. We we would, well, I'm personally looking for uh, more character development. In this new era of WWE, I mean, we're still getting the ball rolling. That was the first part of the draft. Maybe we'll get a little bit more Monday night Raws, being to the fact that, uh, you know, it's looking like Raw is, you know, Raw not really uh hitting uh, the same way SmackDown is, just as far as, you know, presentation. I won't say in ring uh, work, but, you know, if everyone's starting to get their sides in order, then yeah, I think maybe Raw can come through with a little bit of uh you know more of the character development just regarding the draft in general but um had seth rollins and roman reigns uh representing raw smackdown in know in the first match of the evening and whoever's gonna win that was gonna be able to have their brand get the first pick in the draft uh rollins wins by dq because of uh interference by The Fiend, and it was actually a pretty good good match between Roman and Seth. You can see the story told between the brothers that know each other so well, but then eventually they got like real serious with each other because of just how the match was flowing. Top spot in the match was that running spear into the pedigree. We've seen it before, but um, we haven't seen it in a while. On top of us not seeing both of them in the ring together. For a while, so it it was a it was really good, and they kept the whole Fiend thing with Seth uh, going eh, somewhat, but we'll get into the rest of that as the draft continues. Either way, it was a good way for WWE to just uh you know have all of these guys get their TV time and somewhat progress, or maybe even close off the storylines for now to uh, be uh, redeveloped or whatever, maybe down the line in some weeks, or maybe uh, I heard a funny little theory talking about Bray Wyatt is, uh well, now Bray Wyatt was signed to SmackDown, but The Fiend wasn't, <laughs> so we'll just have to see how this all goes, I'm assuming that Seth is going to continue to be on SmackDown, excuse me, Seth is going to continue to be on Raw, and potentially Roman could be on SmackDown still, but um we'll find out either way. Raw got the first pick, so we're just going to go down the whole list that I've got for Raw and SmackDown. So for the Raw side, we had uh, Becky at number one, followed by the OC, Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Ricochet, Bobby Lashley, Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens, Natty, the Viking Raiders, Nikki Cross, and the Street Profits. It's a good list Uh, laid on the SmackDown side. We got Roman, Bray Wyatt, Sasha Banks, Braun Strowman, Lacey Evans, The Revival, The Lucha House Party, and Heavy Machinery. Now, we're not going to take—oh, so Roman's on SmackDown. Pardon me. Pardon. He's the first pick. Anyway, um, so uh, just looking at the list that we've got so far with the pool, I'm not going to get into all of the—all the graphics. Uh, it was already spoiled. No. I'm looking at potential matches, I'm looking at just how the brands are building themselves right now. And the way it looks to me is, uh, you know, Brian Braun could have something, Lacey on the blue brand is actually going to catapult her to the next level. Uh, The Lucha House Party and Heavy Machinery, I like both teams, maybe they'll be taken a little more seriously moving forward. We will continue to see, well we'll see how this all develops. And uh the Revival being the Tag team champions, look, I'm not against the Revival. Though. I know they're great in ring, but I almost forgot that they were the Tag team champions for a while. I know it's a lot of you know craziness going on right now for the blue brand, but right now, I mean well, last time we had a draft like this for so the Superstar shake up, I believe that SmackDown actually won that, so even though they lost uh six to one at Survivor Series. So now with the picks they have with, of course, the rules, because you know, Raw gets three picks, SmackDown gets two. I mean, they've got some heavy hitters, but Raw honestly has, like, potentially better storylines to be built just because of the ready-made characters already there. We got Drew McIntyre, who is automatically, uh, you know, championship caliber superstar. He's worthy of a title shot, I'm not saying he should get one or shouldn't get one, I'm just saying that as a champion, I could totally see him, you know, uh, really delivering a lot of the lines with that passion that certain uh, certain fans in the WWE universe are looking for, or maybe don't even know they need. So, I mean, Drew going in there with uh, anybody, it would... It would be a pretty awesome match because he can go. Uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss were separately uh, drafted to Raw, but they're still together somewhat. So the women's tag division is still looking good. I mean, it's still the first half, so we'll see how it goes. Natty could go through a character resurgence uh, with being on the red brand now with not as much uh, star power. Uh, per se uh, but this is again only what the first four rounds he's like the first picks we still just we still got part two to deal with but all in all I'm I'm really enjoying uh, the way that the the rosters are filling out now for uh, USA and Fox um, but all of the storylines can continue to develop I'm not really gonna get into too too much of it but I will say the Street Profits are finally getting uh, signed to Raw it's gonna be great to see him. I will see uh, how how they do in the ring, but I'll just make this one request. Sometimes the WWE has a, has a thing where they'll use video packages to promote the superstars. Now, I don't control the product, but I think that the fans would be, uh, I think the fans would be more into being surprised at just what they could do if they don't know what they can do already. Some of the surprises can be spoiled. If these guys don't I mean, If these guys are already You know going in there and doing everything You literally just saw On screen They've been uh, Well the WWE Universe has been Acclimated to how they are The people that aren't watching NXT yet Don't necessarily know what they're capable of But might want to know So now that these guys are over there On Raw I think that it could be a really Really good spot for them To shine through and Give the tag division a shot in the arm. We'll see. Could be party time over on Monday Night Raw with the Street Profits on deck. But we will find out. Uh, KOs over the Viking experience. It was all good stuff. It was a great way to just uh, get this first part of the draft out the way. It was great to see Stephanie out there. But, you know, with the draft, it's like you want to have, you know, two opposing sides. As opposed to just the war rooms with these guys celebrating or being upset that they don't get certain characters or what so have you. It's okay. I'm not mad at it at all. The WWE Universe all has their opinions. And this is the they're definitely overshadowing mine. Hence the name of the podcast. But either way, um, we're here for it. And I thought that was a, a great way to open up the show. And regardless of the graphics and the spoilers... I thought it was a cool way to uh, just get uh, everybody situated to which brand. Some would call it underwhelming, but we still got an entire part two for three whole hours. So we'll uh, see how this all continues to develop. King Corbin one-on-one, Chad Gable. I'm not calling him shorty. I think eventually I will. I mean, I figured I got all my short jokes out of my system when it when they were first starting it, but uh goodness. I just it's hilarious trolling. I just don't care. Like, what are we how can we start a promo to get Chad to change his name back to Chad? What can we do for you Chad to get you to change your name back to the way it's supposed to be? Do you like being called shorty we know you don't mind and i mean this is not complaining i barely even want to call this venting but really shorty you know what that's why you lost king corbin even things out between the two great match let's not take anything away from Chad. i'm just playing around when i call out the loss because at the end of the day I, have, I don't think I've seen the deep six reversed at all. And that is exactly what Chad Gable was able to do. Spun around, kept the web with dogs, kept his head straight, didn't get dizzy, and came down with a bulldog to reverse the deep six. That was good stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff in and now happened. Uh, a lot of what, what they call it a chaos theory, but those Bridging German suplexes, deadlifts. I think Corbin is just too tall. For you know Gable, so it doesn't really, pardon me, he's not really positioned in a way that would really keep him keep his shoulders down to the mat for three. Either way, uh, Corbin picks up the victory off end of days. Hail the king right now in 2019. He's he looked good, Chad Gable looked great, and um, the match didn't fall short of any expectations. Look, I'm I'm finished. Let's next match. Cain Velasquez and Rey Mysterio interrupted Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman while Paul Hammond was cutting the promo. Now, I actually did watch that press conference that they had at 3 o'clock on the WWE Network uh, leading into uh, the show later on, but really just promoting Crown Jewel on uh, October 31st, streaming live on the WWE Network. Cain Velasquez, Brock Lesnar going one-on-one. It was great. Great selling about Brock just as far as promoting the match. I personally am not against WWE branching out and bringing in MMA superstars. If Cain Velasquez has officially signed with WWE and there's clearly like in-ring work uh, or footage of that, you know, circling the internet, you know, I'm pretty sure that these guys are gonna have a pretty good match. But I would say, just my own thing for it, that these guys actually got to fight. They gotta fight you can feel the the electricity and the tension with the eye contact that they're making yes brock was rubbing his eye and the scar and such like that and those are all nice things to add to the product in general you know just as far as you know their their promo goes but in my opinion they're going to need to fight this is going to fall completely flat because there's enough people in the WWE universe that are not really a fan of how this is all going uh, I like you know the bilingual stuff I enjoy you know Ray speaking in Spanish I enjoy Kane speaking in Spanish I, I en- definitely enjoy Asuka and Kai saying talking in Japanese but I think because Kane is established in a way but not really too familiar with the WWE universe, it could potentially fall flat unless we see Kane actually, you know, help usher in this new era, like, oh, it's a new time in WWE, we got some new stuff going on, we got new superstars, and... Not to hark on last December or anything like that, but new matches, new faces, and all that. We have been getting all that. I will say that. But we actually need to see some of the proof in the pudding with a Superstar crossing over from the you know, UFC, MMA world, you know, over to our world, part of that. And so I'm excited to see it, but I really do think that these two are going to have to, you know, throw some bowls. Is it too early for Kane to win a championship? Is the championship going to be on the line? Are these guys going to just talk the whole time? Is Kane's knee injury going to play a part in the match and how the match progresses? If we're really selling it, this little rivalry can't be held in the octagon. This where rivalry can barely even be held in a ring inside of the United States of America. They need to go all the way across the world to be able to officially settle their dispute. And then maybe bring it back over to America so that they can actually do it formally in the ring. But, Shady Mania 4, I'm excited for that. It was a good promo segment. It was uh, great highlights. <coughs> Excuse me. Great highlights and great footage. Just, uh... Showing the fight that Brock and uh, Kane had all of those years ago. So, um, I mean, I wasn't even accustomed to seeing Brock get beat up like that. So, it's uh, it, it has it has all of the makings of a great matchup. Let's just see how WWE decides to handle it. I mean, handle it out of Saudi Arabia at Crown Jewel. New Day 101 with the OC. OC number two picks. Uh, for the Raw brand, new day actually didn't get picked at all. Um, not seeing, but we don't know. We know how the rules are going to go, but we don't know if uh, these guys will be split up or not. I think they're a package deal. I think they're one of the top talents in the company, uh, longest reigning tag team champs in history. And uh, they're a unit. It wouldn't feel the same, you know, without all three of them together. Some people were calling out, oh, Kofi's just acting like he's back to normal. Duh. Power positivity. Put some respect on it because all three of these guys could be WWE champion. We don't know what y'all are looking at. We don't know what y'all are looking for. But it seems to me that people are just looking for something to say. New Day rocks. And just keep that at the front of your head along with the power positivity. So if these guys want to run around with their hotcakes or their pancakes and their fun colors and all the rest of that, then let them do that. Because at the same time as they can have all of that fun, they can damn sure go in the ring. There's no question about it, and Kofi just proved it to you with all of his years of experience in the company and having one of the more dominant runs as WWE champion. We see what Brock's doing with the belt right now. He had to get ahead and take that all the way over to the MMA world just to try to clear up some, you know, Old business, if he loses out of Saudi, well, at Saudi Mania 4, how's it gonna look on, you know, the, the WWE Championship run he has? Hey, he could potentially be in a really good space to pick up a, a victory against him, but we'll just have to see how he continues to, you know, make that title mean something in the same way Kofi pretty much made the title mean something until that match that he lost another 10 seconds. Says the uh, you know opening graphics, but whatever. OC went at it with New Day. They had a good back and forth, four you know all six men, uh, AJ and Kofi going at it in the middle of the ring. We know Kofi uh, picked up a victory over AJ Styles a long time ago. While they were going at it, while Kofi was champion, I mean pardon, and it was it was a good match. But this time around, they're going at it. In my head, I said, all right. Of course, it's going to go in one or two directions, but uh, let's see how they feel about Kofi. Let's see how they decide to promote Kofi in this situation. And uh, much to my somewhat surprise, they had Kofi go over with the Trouble in Paradise out of nowhere. Him and AJ went at it. It was a lot of great counters, a lot of great sequences between the two. They were, you know, AJ is top level. We all know he's phenomenal, you know, so... To watch Kofi be in there going back and forth with a guy at a level of AJ Styles, you know, and then pick up the victory again, it's like, all right, you know what, there's a large level of respect for Kofi there, and that's cool, you know, like he picked up a victory over the United States champions, so maybe he might be able to uh, try to go for a championship opportunity in time, maybe they'll decide to book it like that, maybe not, just keep Kofi strong, it's okay, me personally, I'm good. Like it would be nice maybe to see him go for the you know the championship again maybe even universal championship but at the same time I don't know what people were expecting it's not like he's gonna just turn into Goku and come back looking like Big E next week you see what I'm saying when he has the championship so let's just continue to let things develop I think I mean it would be nice. I want Kofi to win championships I want all three of them to win championships for real for real but at the same time just understanding the product and stuff like that. We've got our fill of Kofi with titles. Oh, he's just going to get demoted back to the tag division, blah, blah, blah. Look, man, it's it's so much deeper than silly things like that. You know, at the end of the day, Kofi, in my opinion, is respected, should be respected. The New Day is obviously respected from this camp. And um, the OC, even though they're on a little bit of a losing streak right now, number two pick in the Raw Draft, that's, that's huge you know, only to be top by the man Becky Lynch. So these guys are definitely a sought after tag team. They're a heavy hitting tag team. Like the Viking Raiders have been picking up victories over them. And they were chosen all the way down in like, what, maybe the fourth round? These guys are first round picks in the OC. So I don't, I'm not mad at uh, them losing a couple of times the way they have. Because at the end of the day, they still won by being first round picks. And speaking of losing a lot but eventually getting a huge win somehow, some way. We move on into our main event where Bailey uh took on Charlotte and for the women's championship in a hell in a cell rematch. And you know, Charlotte comes out, she's the champion, and, you know, whoo, there's no BS on that. Uh, I personally have been watching Charlotte's moonsault for, I mean, I guess I'm gonna just say I lost count. Someone else can do that math for me, but I've been paying attention to how Charlotte's form works. We've got a lot of people that do salts in WWE. We got guys like Tony Nese on in the cruiserweight division. We got guys like Chad Gable. We got the genius of the skies, E.O. Shirai, on NXT. You know, we've got the Almighty leader. You know, and and uh, there are plenty of other superstars. Charlotte, being one of the taller superstars, she's angling a little bit off. Just as far as the landing goes Charlotte might Like it's like she's straightening her legs But then she's bending them At the wrong times Because she's expecting to land on the ground And it's like Nah you need to aim To land on your midsection Now I I don't know enough To really be qualified On what she needs to do But she's arcing a lot and then she's curling back into a you know certain form for landing but it's like don't even worry about that charlotte Stay and they keep your legs straight or you know the arc is great it's great but maybe she's doing it too fast maybe so maybe she should just have a little bit more of a relaxed freedom with like the first 25 to 40 percent of her, you know, backflip, and then begin the arc once she's, like, midway down and can officially see, no, I don't even say midway down, I want to say 75% of the way down, maybe 60%, but either way, she's, um, like, you just don't want to see her land on her feet or her knees because it just takes away from the match, and we all know she's capable. We've all seen her pull off that corkscrew before, but... Hey, I'm not complaining. I'm just, you know, venting and trying to help the best I can. Shouts to the queen. She has the look and has the right energy for, you know, the product. I could go on all day talking about Charlotte. Now, I've gone on for weeks and weeks. And weeks. At nauseam. Just venting my frustrations with the Bailey character. But, I can always recognize when good seeds are being planted and a story is being told. They're not going to pull half of a trigger on a heel turn. WWE don't really do that. The boss WWE don't really do that. They've gone down certain hybrid paths, but have stuck to the main formula of good guy versus bad guy. This is the good guy, and this is the bad guy. Whether the fans like it or not, you know, like Bray was the bad guy on Sunday. Well, excuse me, The Fiend was the bad guy on Sunday at Hell in a Cell. Seth was the good guy. We clearly see how the fans received that, and their reception to it was the complete opposite. We see how they feel about guys like Cena. You know, it, it's clear. So, you know, Bailey not really going all the way full heel, even though it was awesome to see her with the chair shots and throwing her feet up on the ropes and untying the bottom turnbuckle was cool. But we needed a new theme song and we needed a new feel. Let the hair down. This is what I was calling, like the little side ponytail, the happy hugging, and all of that, and the Bailey buddies. Like no. She tapped out twice to Charlotte Flair. Embarrassing. Four horsewomen, all of them in the ring. Bailey's looking like she's at the very bottom of the ladder. I have no no order for myself when it comes to them. I like all four of them equally. I've uh, no reservations toward any one of them at all, even though clearly Sasha and Bailey listen to the podcast. So, hey, Sasha. What's up, Bailey? Either way, like, the man is too busy listening to my podcast, and the queen is somewhere being busy with Andrade. So, anyway, um, we we'll do doing media promotion stuff, you know, just either way. We all seen how this happened with Bailey. now. She finally got fed up at Hell in the Cell, threw her little temper tantrum, says Michael Cole commentary, who, uh, um, doing great. So, um, I think that having Bailey, uh you know, go through this the way she had, like, just have the, the heel character build for a while, you know, with her continuing to lose, her getting pissed off, her getting fed up, you know, and finally just, in uh, so many senses, snapping. You know, she comes out with a hoodie on, and me personally, I thought that Bailey had her hair down. You know, has the hood on. Clearly, the ponytail is not there. I'm like, uh, I'm excited. You know, she has her music. I personally have been holding out for this for some months now. I said, I'm going to go on YouTube and look up some remixes. But when, it, when she first did the hill turn, I said, all right, I'm going wait. I'm going to just hold out on it. I'm going to just keep that in the back of my mind. I'm totally going to look up some remixes for Bailey's music. Eventually, I do look up some remixes. And it's all basically the same thing. So no one's really, like, thinking about, you know, making Bailey's music different. Okay, so I'm not going to try to, you know, like, I was really thinking, okay, you know what, I think I'm going to fall back on it. I'm going to make my jokes, make my references, because that would again, this is just fun trolling from the crowd. You could see Bailey listening to the crowd troll her, whether they received it or not. I'm watching at home, and I'm like, God, you know, just mad. And she's like, yeah, we're still going to do the Bailey buddies and all the rest of that. So it's like, all right, fine, it all works, it's just good. It, it makes me chuckle to myself to hear her with that, that music and Billy Buddies and like you know just standing on that character and I'm like oh god, you know, but she took that hood off, and I I, I figured her hair was down. I didn't even notice it was cut first. Hair was down. I'm like okay, I think we on to song. Billy Buddies went up and I'm like wait a minute now. Because her energy ain't the same. And then she pulls out her little, you know, fake sword or whatever we gonna call it. Because you can't have a real sword on TV now. But, um, she pull out her little sword and, man, she start hacking down all of the Billy Buddies one by one. The one night just completely fell on her head and died off. It was It was great, great stuff. I didn't know that they would be able to just come through with another one. Like, part two of A Bailey Hill Turn. Like, that shit was so awesome. I really appreciated it. I enjoyed the energy that I got from it. And, um, the crowd loved it. One of the greatest add-ons to that situation was the camera cutting the Charlotte. Like, um... Are you done? But that's just another part of the build because of some weeks back, you know, backstage interview you had Charlotte calling out Bailey like, "Look, Bailey's just in her own world." However, she said, "Go back and watch that though," because it all had to do with Bailey's ultimate build to turning into what she's evolved into now. And I am just so proud of Bailey because she seems like she's she's brand new, she's repackaged, new outfit new energy she she has that heel persona and you can tell just like you can tell when we don't see certain wwe superstars for a while but then we see them get back in the ring like oscar or shinsuke a continental they're hungry and they're trying to show off and that makes things much more gritty and make as long as everyone's professional we're not actually trying to hurt hurt their their partner their dance partner in the ring you know it's Literally good stuff It looks great And we're getting all of that hunger All of that passion All of that fire All of that fury Out of our new Smackdown Women's Champion Two times now I'm so proud of Bailey personally I could go on and on and on and on All day about her And Charlotte and the women's division in general But We're already a little bit over time with this Barely goes off the air talking about, screw you bitches, part of my PG. But, um yeah, barely, exactly. So now do your thing. And you've got all of our support over here for the podcast. Well, it the podcast from the shadows. I wholeheartedly am happy for her. I would like to see her uh, SmackDown Women's Championship run actually mean something. Because, you know, she's talented and she's capable. And she can totally totally put the SmackDown Women's Division on the map like she wanted to do before. We're coming up. Sasha and Becky going at it to see who part, who gets the first pick in part two of the draft. But we'll catch y'all then. Shouts to myself for bringing you the podcast each and every week. Shouts to WWE for giving me a reason to give you guys something each and every week. Whether you appreciate it or not. And shouts to the almighty God of advocacy, uh, Paul Heyman, just because. So with that, I will catch you guys next time. Peace.